Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are approaching the fall. I can't even believe it. Can you? It's already time for fall. Are you a summer person? Are you a fall person? Do you love spring, winter? I'm very much a summer person, which living in Los Angeles means I'll get to enjoy my favorite season of the year all year long. This week on the show, this is a fun little episode that we devised when we were on the Tulum retreat. We'll tell you all about how this episode came to be. And before we do that, here's here's the lowdown. So my guest today is Adair Smithwick. Adair is, she's my assistant, and she's also a content writer for my company, for WeWe, which means she's writing all sorts of things from social media content to email communications to sales pages for courses, to blog posts, etc. She's doing all of those things. And she is, she talks about her age on the show. So in the episode, once we get into it, so I don't, I'm not giving away anything that she's not comfortable sharing, but she's 24 years old. And we talk about age on this show. I mean, we just had an episode all about ageless beauty. So talking about age is not something we're afraid of on this show. Adair is 24 years old, and she's finding her way into the woo. She's starting to explore spiritual practices, mystical practices, holistic ways of living. She had her very first ceremonial experience when we were together in Tulum. And as we were all together in that experience of a week of mystical practices, with a group of women in the magical place of Tulum, that is Tulum, we all agreed that inviting Adair onto the show, having a conversation with someone who really is using this podcast and using this work as their woo-woo BFF would be a lot of fun. And I think you'll find the conversation to be a lot of fun. Adair is truly one of the kindest, most sincere, most genuine, authentic women I know. I am so grateful to have her in my world, and I'm happy to invite her into this experience in this way. So let's get to it. Meet my guest, my amazing assistant, content writer for Wee Wee and your Woo Woo BFF, Miss Adair Smithwick. Okay, here we go. Okay, we're starting this episode with a dare. She's nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous, <laughs> but I have my tiny mic to keep me confident. Yeah, so you guys can't see her, or maybe you will be able to, depending on if we share this as a video episode. <laughs> but a, a dare is she is she is ready. She's here. She's ready. She has a mini ready. plug-in mic that she's going to be using. So she looks like a. She looks kind of like a TV reporter if all of their equipment was mini. Right. Yeah. It's it really is like I don't know if anyone's seen like the tiny kitchen on Instagram or Facebook, but it's like cooking with the tiny spatula. It's like recording yeah. with the tiniest mic. Um, eleven ninety nine on Amazon. It's I mean, I honestly should get an affiliate code. I've shared this with everything, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a pink one too, but I opted Oh, for perfect. Silver. Mm-hmm. You opted for silver for this episode. You were keeping yeah. it in the, you're keeping it fairly neutral. <laughs> fairly neutral. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this episode came about, we're going to, we're going to do the usual things. We're going to talk about your astrology in just a second, but I, I want to, well, let's do that first. And then we'll talk about how this episode 
came okay. to be. Okay, so let's do astrology. Let's talk astrology. So Adair, tell us your sun, moon, and rising signs. Okay, my sun sign is Cancer. My moon sign is Virgo, and my rising sign is Scorpio. Um, in full transparency, I had no earthly idea what that was, like what that even meant. I think I started diving into it more. I knew I was a Cancer for a while, but I wasn't sure about what like my moon and rising sign was. And I recently did a reading with Chelsea, and she kind of helped me dive into all of that. So I definitely feel like, and from what it sounds like and what people have told me, a lot of water energy, a lot of emotion, a lot of depth a lot of feeling, which is mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Jesse may also asked me what my star sign was. And I was like, Oh, well, hold on. We're basic. We're here. <laughs> we're, we're sun, moon rising. And that's about it. <laughs> you know, and this is why this show is called your woo woo BFF, because if you only know your sun sign, we're at least going to get you to your, your moon sign and your rising sign. We're at least going to get you there. Right. And, and I'm thankful that I know it because it gives me a lot. It actually, in all seriousness, gives me a lot more insight into my life and how I operate. But at first I was like, oh my gosh. And Chelsea like showed me my entire chart. It's like the North node and the South node and Saturn. And I'm like, do I, do I need to be afraid of Saturn? Do we need to like, do I need to, like what kind of like doomsday prep do I need to be doing? Um, so yeah, definitely like still very novice. Um, but yeah, those are those are the the big three. Okay, so do you know what your North Node is? Now I feel like I just want to read your chart. Now I'm like, let's just go pull your chart. I know. Okay, my oh my gosh, I think I need to see a picture of my chart. Um, actually, I have it on my phone. I'll pull it up really quick. Okay. Okay, and while you're pulling it up, okay, so Cancer Sun, mm -hmm. Virgo Rising. Sorry. Um, Virgo moon, Virgo moon and Scorpio rising. Mm -hmm. Got it. So you've got that. I mean, I definitely I, I actually would have if I were, were to have guessed, I would have guessed your rising was Virgo. But now yeah, okay. So I cause you've you've got that like, natural kindness that that's like a frequency that you're very much like living but that that's that could surely be because of that being your moon sign as well. But you're also like really organized and you and you can like hold things in your mind and like keep things structured in a way that's that is it's not the Capricorn way where it's like it all has to be on paper and like in a spreadsheet. It's the Virgo way, which is like there's it's all like living under the surface, but you're holding it in your mind. It's yeah. Right. Right. No. And I feel like I've kind of come into that a lot more recently um just learning a little bit like i never considered myself like an organized person or like someone who like keeps things together um but i definitely think and especially after the retreat you were like yeah like i mean we talked about like the schedule and everything i'm like everything is going according to schedule um and if it doesn't someone needs to let me know um okay i found my north node is in virgo so my south node's in pisces Okay, which would also explain why you feel like you're like moving towards that Virgo, that Virgo energy. Mm -hmm. And that watery emotional Pisces would be what you're naturally comfortable in for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think like with Cancer and Scorpio, it's like a lot. I I definitely gravitate to more of like the water mm -hmm. energy. And, and your Pisces South node would further amplify that. And mm -hmm. That Scorpio piece explains why you are working with this company that you're working with, because that's Scorpio is a very witchy sign. There's like a lot of like that the undercurrent of the woo in Scorpio. And here you are working with a team of people that are rather witchy, if I do say so myself. Which I love that. I feel like I'm. I'm never more at home than when I'm doing witchy shit. I feel like. Great. Can we curse? <laughs> yes, we can. Okay. Yes, good. we can. Okay. When we yeah. when we upload the podcast today, we can mark that it's an explicit episode, which now it officially is an explicit episode. So everybody, Don't listen to this with kids. <laughs> Hang on. 
<laughs> turn the turn the dial down if the kids are in the car. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, all right, let's talk about how this episode came to be. So, let's talk about who you are. I'm going to obviously I'm going to be talking about you all the time anyways because you've got so much stuff going on with us, but for those that are new to who Adair is, Adair, tell us tell us what you what you do around here. So I am um, the virtual assistant and content writer to Andy and also Wee. So I got started in February. Um, I was originally going to write blogs, but then with all of the things going on, it ended up being more of like that, hey, we need like this, 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 um, which I'm so thankful for. I've gotten to work on a lot of projects, Opulent Shift, Sea Changers, Call Loon, Still Blogs, um, Retreats, literally all the things. Um, so I, I mean, I touch a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. I touch your inbox. <laughs> I touch the <laughs> courses. Um, yeah, that's kind of like, kind of my MO. Yeah. So for those that are in the courses or are ever sending an email for anything, it's likely that Adair is, Adair is the person you've been, you've been in communication with most likely, most likely. Yep. Which is great. I love, I love getting to chat with everybody and uh, solve the problems. Yeah. Celebrate the wins. There's a lot of wins, more wins yeah. than problems, which is good. <laughs> there definitely is. We have a, we have a, a, good community of people that are celebrating lots of things. And we're going to talk about some of your celebrations too today. And let's talk about how this episode even came to be. So we were on the retreat in Tulum and you were there mm -hmm. and I you were there. like, you were like running things, but also participating fully and doing, doing all of the, all of the, all of the experiences. Yep. And yep. soaking what, up the sun and keeping everybody on schedule. <laughs> Both things. Yeah. Taking leaps out into the cenotes, cliff jumping at the cenotes and making sure that the photos got taken and everybody got on the bus and mm -hmm. everybody had what they needed. Okay. So was that your first experience? Was that your first? I'm about, I'm like thinking about the cacao ceremony when you were passed uh, a cob of corn and, and asked to share <laughs> and you were, you were asked to do it first. Was that your first time practicing ceremonies of that sort? <laughs> I can't stop laughing because I, yes, in short, yes. And that ceremony in particular was really special. Um, but it also, I mean, it puts you out of your comfort zone and I am, I'm, this is not a strong suit of mine, but when I'm like in a situation that's like very new to me, I'm like, let's just laugh it out. Like, we're just going to laugh it out. Um, and when we're sitting there and we, you know, we pray over our beans and we eat our beans, we set the intention for our beans. And to set the stage, these beans are cacao beans. Yes. Cacao yes. beans, not just any beans. Um, and it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. And then she says, you know, she, she, holds be, up this she being the shaman shaman, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling a bad story. I'm doing it poorly, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the shaman holds up, you know, this, this cob of corn, like one that looks like it's like a very natural corn, not like a yellow corn. And yeah. she says, something about the ancestors and the corn and we're going to speak to the ancestors through the corn and right. i'm in my head like oh my gosh i'm gonna to have to talk to this corn and i don't know a if i'm supposed to say like i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen like she's gonna pass me the corn i hope she does not pass me the corn first and she looks at me and she hands the corn to me and i was like i take the corn <laughs> i take the corn and she was like, yeah. And I was like, and I speak to the corn. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, out loud. And she's like, yeah. So I'm like, hey, corn. Hey, corn. It's me, there, And uh, here, here in Mexico. Um, and then I like made an attention and then like passed the corner on. And I was like, I said, hey, corn, how are you? Like, we're in this like beautiful shamanic ceremony. And I'm like, what's up corn? How's it, how's it hanging over there? <laughs> like, 
hey, ancestors and whatnot. Um, and looking back on it, it was really funny. But also I'm like, yeah, like that's like the kind of thing, though, that I feel like explains like what it's like getting into these things because I'm so drawn to it. But also like it puts me so out of my comfort zone or like so out of my element. Like I'm like, I don't know. And I don't like I don't want to like screw it up. Like I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what if we're in the ceremony and I like curse the corn or something crazy like that? Like not that that would happen. (laughs) We're not cursing anybody. Um, But I'm like, I don't want to mess this up. I don't know what's going on. I also didn't want to like embarrass myself. Um, But yeah, that was like the first my first like real spiritual kind of ceremony situation well and i think like a lot of people you know when you're listening to the show and you're thinking about like what what even is a cacao ceremony most people don't know i mean you you have to you have to you have to be in it to know you have to have had an opportunity to be invited into an experience like this to know and i think sometimes we show up to these things for the first time like whether it's like a sound bowl experience or it's um some sort of you know well this one was a cacao ceremony or whether it is a women's circle or Mm -hmm. it's a kundalini yoga class whatever it is like you show up for the first time and I mean, I think even for like just regular straight up vinyasa yoga, oftentimes you show up to the first experience and you're like, what's about to happen in here? Like what is about to go down? I mean, you never know. And everyone's so different. And um, I feel like too, like the important part of like really absorbing like the energy and the healing aspects of a lot of these ceremonies is like letting yourself relax. And of course, when it's your first time, you're sitting there and you're like, every sound and every like smell, like I was in a sound, I actually did do like a sound bowl healing class with my sister like four years ago. And she like looked at me in the middle of the ceremony. She was like, I smell feet. And I was like, are we, is this like a spiritual feet smelling thing? And then all of a sudden, like she looks over and like this guy next to her is like barefoot next. And I'm like, see, that's the thing. Like you start, like, it's actually just someone who has kind of smelly feet beside you in the sound bowl ceremony, but you're sitting there and like, is this supposed to be what this is like? Is this happening to this person over there? Like it becomes, I don't know. It's, it's important to like go into it and like, like just let yourself be, but it's inevitable that you're also going to be kind of like on edge, you know? So right now you are being everyone's woo woo BFF who was like, I think I want to go to that ceremony that my local yoga studio is happening, but I'm a little nervous. You just got to like go in and try to get out of your head and be in it. No. Yeah, for sure. I think it's like, do a little dance, do a little meditation. If you're new to meditation, like just do some breathing, like deep breathing Yeah, and just go like, go and be yourself. Like, what do you have to lose? You know? I and mean, if the corn is passed to you, you just, you just follow if, the directions of, from the shaman. If you're the first person to have to talk to the corn, then you better talk to that corn and make it good and, and say what you got to say. Yeah. And, and you did it. That's the wise words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So was what at the retreat, was that your first experience of Kundalini yoga and chanting with a bunch of other women? Yes. Mm-hmm. Also my first experience, not so I, I, when I was thinking about Kundalini yoga, I was thinking like vinyasa yoga or like Bikram yoga. Yeah. Um, so definitely a different experience, uh, but now I'm, now I'm obsessed. Now I love it. I'm like every day I need to, I need to do some kind of kundalini. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I hear most when people are having a apprehension about kundalini is the chanting, is the Mm -hmm. mantras. People will message me and they say like, I don't really have a good voice. Like singing with others feels really weird. And the word mantra itself translates to, it's basically creative expression of the mind. So man is mind and tra is the creative expression. So we're Mm -hmm. taking this creativity that lives within us, within our mind, and we're expressing it through sound. And man, there's so many, I talked about this on the Ageless Beauty episode. There's so many beautiful benefits to working with mantra. And it is inevitably a nerve wracking experience to go into a class where everybody kind of knows the words to the mantra and try to try to follow along. Yes. I think I remember, I think on 
like day two, when we all came together in the morning, like right after we had checked in on day one and you're like, all right, we're going to do some chanting. And I was like, chanting, what kind of chanting? Um, and, and I think it's, it's just overcoming. Like when you're like, for example, on Soba Korea, like HUD, 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 like that is not the most beautiful HUD there's ever been. <laughs> but also I think the one thing that I, I really loved, love about chanting now. And it took me a second, like, but you just got to do it. Like you just got to yeah. like, get over your fear and do it. And also it helps like in a group when everybody else is doing it. Although like at first you're like, I don't want to be the loudest person. Like, I don't want to be the hood, hood in the middle of like the hood, hood. And people are like, what the heck? Um, but it also helps with your breathing, which yeah. I'm not the best at right now is like actually keeping the cadence of breath that I should in some of my practices or in my meditations. Like I feel like I'm pretty like all the time, like very buzzy. So it takes a second for me to like really sit back. But when you're saying those mantras, like in Soba Korea, when you get to the like blowing or the whistling or like the breath of fire, it helps to, to get your body to the place it needs to be for the full benefit of whatever that meditation or practice is. Um, so there's benefits to it. It's not just like you're, you're chanting to chant. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, if you're finding that when you're breathing in a meditation practice or a yoga class, and that doesn't feel like it's super connected and deep, imagine just what goes on all day long when you have no intention or no awareness of your breath. We, we human beings, we breathe so shallowly. So when we're doing a mantra like HUD, which is a mantra we use in Soba Kriya, which is, we'll talk about Soba Kriya more in a second, what that is. But when we're using a mantra like that, we're like pulling this breath out of our bellies. Yeah. And it's probably for most of us, the only time of day where we've actually done that, where we've like breathed into our belly and like really allowed the diaphragm to expand. Otherwise we're just walking around breathing shallow and like not having, like not, not allowing like the full oxygenation, oxygenation of our bodies and energetically, then we don't feel good. Right. And I remember Mary Kate on the retreat um, and Mary Kate's done like the opulent shift and sea changers and call the loon, all of that good stuff. She said that her chiropractor told her like, can you breathe for me? And she breathed and she was like, no, you're breathing with your chest and not your belly. And you need to breathe with your belly. And so I think a lot of us, and we talked about it as like women, you're taught, you know, to like breathe with your chest and don't let your belly poke out. And, you know, you don't want to have rolls, this, that, and the other thing. You don't want to let your body be your body. Um, and, and proper breath is letting your body be your body, letting your, your belly go out and in naturally. Um, so I've been more aware of that. And she was like, oh yeah, like since then, like I feel like I can breathe deeper. My dark circles are gone under my eyes yeah. thanks to the oxygenation, which I don't know if it's a word, but we're making it a word. It's a word. Um, it's a word. And I think, you know, it's so, it really is one of those things that if you can incorporate even like five minutes of that kind of breath or practice into your, your day, then it becomes like easier to do it. Like, like now I'll like find myself taking some time between meetings and just like breathing, like focusing on it because like subconsciously, like you're not focusing on that. Um, and actually my chiropractor was like, if you're having a hard time really feeling it in your belly, just like standing up or sitting, like lay down on the floor. And then it allows you to, to get a little bit more relaxed and pay more attention to where you're actually feeling that breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were there on the retreat. You're in a cacao ceremony. You're doing Kundalini yoga for the first time. And really we decided then it's like, we need to bring Adair onto the show because I think so many people are, have the experience like you where they're like, I want to get into this and where do you start and what happens the first time you go into a class or an experience. And that was one of the reasons. And also just everybody loves you and you're funny and brilliant. <laughs> and so we're like, Adair needs to be on the show. So now Thank here you. we are. 
Yeah. Some, yeah. Okay. Some might say I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think they would. I think they would. So, okay. So now we, we get back from the retreat and now obviously you've been working with me since February, but this past month you went all the way through the 29 day cycle of the Colt Laloon program. And so that program is our art of lunar living class. So you went all the way through that. And in this last month that you went through that, we were doing, we were talking about Soba Kriya a second ago. We were doing a 29 day practice of Soba Kriya, which is Soba Kriya for those that don't know, it's very much a, if you know, you know, sort of practice. It is a Kriya, Kriya means complete action, which complete action in the sense of it's a meditation, it's a breath work practice, it's movement. It's like this full exercise of the mind, body, soul, the arms too, because there's a lot of arm movement in Soba Kriya. A lot of arm movement. Yeah. A lot of times I think when people first show up to a practice like Soba Kriya, they're like thinking, okay, we're going to be meditating with our eyes closed and it's going to be quiet for like 15 minutes because it is a 15 minute practice or so. And then there's all this arm movement, all this chanting, there's a lot going on. So you come to Colt Laloon last month and we're doing 29 days of that practice. Oh, yeah. and I didn't, I don't think I said this, the, it's a practice, it's a meditation or a Kriya to connect us into the prosperity of the universe. So it's, it's like very much a, once you do it and you start seeing things arise in your life from a prosperity perspective, it's, a, it's kind of like a jaw on the floor. Oh my God oh shit, this is actually working sort of practice. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think, well, first it's like, it's like coffee. Like it's like a shot of espresso. Yeah. It like literally like you feel the vibrations to your body, not to freak anybody out. Not like that. But I feel like when I did it for the first time, I was like, I did it at night and I could not sleep. I was like in this like creative space and I like had all these ideas and like I was like, okay, like this was not a good, like I need to start doing this in the morning. So like set me up for my day. And also I feel like, and I don't, like I know people and Colt Laloon and, and some of the courses have shared their experience with Soba Korea and like some of the things that they've called in. And it's insane. Like it really is crazy to think like you just start doing this practice, which I don't think anyone like really stumbles upon Soba Korea. You might, but yeah. um it's like once you learn to do it and you really start tapping into it and feeling it and my first time doing it was on the retreat but I was like wait a second I feel so good and yeah. yesterday um I'm in all the cult alone messages I'm doing it again this month but I saw you know we're doing 40 days live right now um Andy's leading it on the cult alone Instagram page live um and everyone took to the accountability group and was like did anyone feel different after doing that? And everybody was like, yeah, like my heart fell open. And like, I feel like I have so much energy and like today's like been the best day ever. Like everybody was reporting back. I mean, I think it was literally like day two and people were just like, it feels different for me. And, you know, after coming out of our 29 day practice, um, going into the sporty day practice, I think everybody's really starting to see the benefits of it. Um, but it's been really cool to see. It was really cool for me to see what kind of came about in my life because of it too. Yeah. So give us, give us the rundown. What came about in your life because of it? Um, well, I get a lot of compliments on my shoulders now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No one's complimenting me, but, um, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, wow, those are some good shoulders. Um, thanks to the, a lot of all the movement. Um, since doing Soba Kriya, I, so my intention I should start with in Colt Laloon was I need to get back into an everyday practice with more ritual. Um, and uh, I, I needed to feel more grounded. And I also was feeling like I wasn't really practicing self-love as much as I should be, or as much as I wanted to, I don't like the word should. So as much as I wanted to, and I've been at a weird crossroads of like what I want to do with my career. Um, so really on this like path of self-discovery and I'm like, let's see if this works. So first of all, I have to say myself, like just the way I talk to myself has improved significantly. Um, 
I think thanks to Soba Kriya and just the 15 minutes to actually do the mind, body, soul connection um, practice, but then also the journaling prompts. Like I, I live and die by journaling. I think that's like, it's pretty much like free therapy. Um, and the prompts that you give us in Colt Laloon really make you think just beyond, you know, I think like I first started journaling and I just like would put a pen to paper and be like, dear diary, like that kind of journaling. It's, and a, this, it's and a really good place to start. Yeah, it is a good place to start. I mean, it sounds, it sounds really like elementary, but you know, having like having the prompts kind of like teach you just getting started. Um, but the prompts really prompt you to like, think about like, where in your life do you want to improve? Like, where are you not like fulfilling, like, your highest self or where do you feel out of alignment? And that kind of led me to think a little bit more about like, where, like, what are like my friendships like right now? Um, who in my life is kind of bringing me down or like, where am I spending too much energy and where am I not spending enough energy on like the things that make me happy? So that was really insightful. I think I, I learned a lot about, you know, where I'm at in my life and being 24 and like trying to figure it all out and feeling like I need to be here. But then people being like, no, you need to be here. And, um, really Cole Alun helped me realize like, I'm exactly where I need to be, where I, where the universe wants me to be and what's right for my path. Um, and it's helped me create boundaries in my life and actually honor those boundaries I mean, I've read like every self-help book you can and they're like, create boundaries. And you're like, okay, great. But how, like what? Um, and you really can't create a boundary or stick to it without loving yourself um, and having that respect for yourself. So, you know, you got to get like, you got to love yourself and have respect for yourself before you can like do any like A, B, C, D, all of the things. Yeah. Um, and Outside of that, I got like multiple job offers. <laughs> so you're doing so, Soba Korea and all of a sudden job offers start rolling in. Yeah. Like literally people out of the woodworks. Um, so I, <laughs> I was fully, fully employed and obviously like have some like clients that I work with and you're like my main, my main girl. Um, and I really have it on my heart to own my own business and do consulting. Um, I think we're still trying, we're Colt Laloon Commune 13 will help me figure that out. Um, but I started getting emails and they was like, Hey, like, I know, I hear you work with so-and-so I hear you work with Andy. Andy was like, Hey, you know, Nadia needs help or Jesse May needs help. Um, not to name drop, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was like, literally like it kind of was like overwhelming. I was like, Oh my gosh, was I really prepared for all of this? Um, and then like one of my friends who owns a podcasting agency, she was like, Hey, like I'm, I'm shifting to all podcasts and now all of my people need like social media help. And it like, it's really been so rewarding because it's exactly what I wanted, but it's also made me like stop and think like, okay, like, wait, now it's like a test of like figuring out like, who aligns with you and like yeah. what aligns with you, yeah. you know, like the universe is like, here you go on a golden platter, like your, your pick, but also like now's all, like your, your time to learn the lesson. Like, are you, are you going to pick people that align with who you are, where you're going, what your personal mission is, or are you just going to be a yes woman? Um, which yeah. I think too, just personal anecdote. Um, I. I think one of my struggles, something that I really try to be aware of is I say yes to a lot of things. I always want to be the person that like is helping or like has a hand in something. I'm a doer. Um, and lately I think because of this practice and because of Soba Korea and just the universe listening, I'm learning a lot of those lessons that it's like, I can say no and I can protect my energy and I can honor those boundaries because I have that self-love and self-respect now. So it's like, yes, job offers are awesome. Having clients knocking on your door is awesome. But also it's important that you 
pick the right opportunities and pick the right people. Which thousand percent. Yeah. Saying that right now, and I'm still working through it. I think the other the other thing I've learned is, okay, great. This has gotten me into a routine, but this is not like a one stop, like all your problems are answered and solved. Like yeah. you started doing the work and like now you gotta keep doing the work. Um, so I'm really excited to set a new intention for Commune 13. Um, really going into it with like more of like what my purpose is, like discovering my purpose now that I have some of those foundational aspects set back up in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm super excited to see, you know, in the next, I guess now we're on day three. So in the next 26 days where I'll be. Yeah, definitely. And okay. So if someone's wondering like why a 29 day practice, so 29 days is the length of the lunar cycle. So when we do Colt Laloon, we are, and the course is 29 days because we're following the phases of the moon. We start with the new moon, then we move into the crescent moon, and then all the way back around to the polar opposite of the new moon, which is the full moon, and then through the waning phase, last quarter moon, etc. So that's a 29-day practice. So then if they're wondering, okay, well, why are you guys doing Soba Kriya now for 40 days? So a 40-day practice, when you practice, when you have a, a daily spiritual practice, also known as a sadhana, S-A-D-H-A-N-A, sadhana. When you're doing a 40-day practice, you can really break any, any block. You can, you can create breakthroughs. You can expand the possibility of what is out there for you in 40 days. So it's kind of like if you've got a bad habit, you can kick that bad bad habit in 40, 40 days. Oftentimes we hear it takes 21 days to create a habit. It takes about 40 to get out of a habit. Then 90 days if you want to continue. So if someone someone's listening and they're like, okay, I want to do 40 days of Soba Kriya or even just 40 days of like quiet meditation for three minutes in the morning, that counts, that will do it, that works. If you go from 40 to 90 days, in 90 days, you're able to shift your your conscious and your subconscious mind, and you you will have a profound a profound impact. Basically, you can establish new ways, new pathways of thinking. At 120 days, now the the positive benefits become really integrated into your psyche. And then if you continue and you do, you know, you go for years of a practice, three minutes. When I say like a three minute meditation practice in the morning, imagine doing that for a couple of years, then you become a master of your consciousness. You become a master of awareness. And there's there's a couple women that I know from my Kundalini practice with some of the classes that I go to that have been doing things like Soba Kriya for like a thousand days. And it's like the prosperity, the prosperity is obviously flowing, but then that thing you're talking about around the boundaries and really having incredibly clear intentions of what you want to create in your life, that stuff is just like everything is so, your energy is so shined up and you're so dialed in to your inner voice and your ability to really listen and your intuitive channels are so open that life flows in a very different way. Just life just flows in a different way. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like one of my philosophies in life has always been like, do bad things happen to you or do you just have a bad outlook on things, you know? Um, And I think like when you become a master of your consciousness and you start practicing, even if, okay, so let's like even go back. Like every master starts somewhere. So like, even if you just start and you make an effort to really like grow your self-awareness and, and get inside your conscience, consciousness a little bit each day, you start to realize and start to experience good things because your mindset is changing and you're starting to, to see the good rather than focus on the bad. And so like, I don't know, I don't know if, you know, like the old, like, saying when it's like, well, she just can't catch a break or like bad things just happen to her. I'm like, listen, like I, I'm a firm believer that like when you really start to like get back into, and it's like scientifically proven too, you know, it's like 
the woo-woo has a little science behind it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think like one thing I, and I started meditating about a year and a half ago, like pretty regularly. And my whole outlook on life changed. I think like I have so many blessings and have experienced a lot of prosperity for being 24 thanks to my practice and thanks to having the opportunities that I've had, but also like knowing the people that I know, like meeting you um, and being able to really get into a flow and get into alignment. And um, my sister's always like, you know, like you used to be such a hothead and like now like it takes you like it takes a lot to like make you angry. And I'm like, wow, thanks, Ava. That's so sweet. Um, (laughs) I'm not a hothead anymore. But like in all reality, it really is like like things like that would normally like make someone mad. Like I'm like, eh, whatever. Like it's it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of them. And it just opens your mind so much more. It becomes you become more self-aware you solve your own problems, you realize there's like a lot of what's out there is like, it's for you. Like everything that comes to you is for you. Um, and I think that like, I don't, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling on there, but I feel like it's just, that's like the testament of like the practice of the daily practice, like whether it's three minutes or 15 minutes or an hour, um, once you even just start digging a little bit into your consciousness, like your whole outlook changes. Yeah. And then when the shitty stuff does happen, you can transform, you can transform the shittiness. doesn't mean we don't feel it. It doesn't mean we don't experience, you know, everything that comes with shitty stuff happening, but we can start to transform our feelings about shitty stuff into lessons a whole lot quicker. Right. Yeah. You're not like, you're not sitting there and taking the punches but then like I think it's like being able to retaliate a little bit better like and I mean life happens like it's not like you become spiritual and then all of a sudden it's like God favors you now you know what I'm saying it's like like shitty things still happen but it's a matter of being able to say like I'm gonna process my emotions healthily and I'm gonna like realize like I'm not going to turn to my vices because I know that that's not healthy or that's not going to work. And it really like, it really is true. And a lot of the books I've read, you know, it's like you start this and like you, everything kind of falls into alignment, but it's true. Like your relationships get better. Your relationship with yourself gets better. Your habits get better. Like you start like becoming more aware of like loving your body and like taking care of your body. And like, you know, like for me, I, I used to like, something bad happened and I'd be like, I'm going to go drink. And now I'm like, mm, we're, we're not like, we're not going to like go drink because we feel like we had a bad day. Yeah. Well, and that's um, so normal. It's like, all right, right five o'clock work day was shit. I'm going to go have like a bottle of wine now. You know, nobody, yeah, no, I, people I'm don't like, really say I'm going to have a bottle of wine, but they at least are like, I'm going to go like pop open the wine and like have a glass or two. And then oftentimes that leads to like, okay, I'm having a bottle of wine. Now I'm just like, fully Netflixed on the couch. I haven't processed anything of what I experienced today. My body does not feel good. And I'm going to do it all again tomorrow. Yeah. And then you like, you carry it with you day after day after day until all of a sudden you're like, oh, uh, my life really is not feeling good right now. Like I'm personally not feeling good right now. And I think a lot of the times it's like, like I listened to like a podcast yesterday and it was like, all of a sudden, like the lights start flashing and it's like, hello, 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 hello. Like it's time for you to like get in line with what's going on here, you know, like start paying attention to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it takes like really, really big flashes to see that. I mean, I I talked about this on the, I've talked about this several times, but definitely on the ageless beauty episode, when Mm -hmm. I made that decision to stop drinking alcohol as the, as that example, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a smooth, like, oh, I just think I'm gonna, it was like, I had a moment. There was like a, a very serious flash in front of me of like, this isn't really working for you for, for multiple reasons. I reflected back to that JLo interview I had heard in which she was like, my number one tip for anti-aging is not drinking alcohol. And I remembered my thinking was, well, that won't be possible for me. And then I had this moment of like, wait, am I really like that? I consider Mm -hmm. that to be an impossible thing for me. Okay. And now I've had this experience of like, you know, I had had a a day where I was like, 
went to a birthday party, had too much champagne, felt bad, couldn't meet up with a friend for dinner like I was supposed to. I was like, this is like, this is not helpful for me. Like what mm-hmm. the, what the fuck am I doing here? This is not helpful right. for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, and it's normal. Like everyone has, I feel like most people in life like have these things that happen to them that they're like, oh, something's really got to change. But like you either choose to like ignore yeah. it or you choose to like take advantage of it. And like, like I, I went through like a serious, serious season of depression when I was a sophomore in college, um, like from basically like realizing I had been in an abusive relationship in high school and then having like these like drinking issues at like the, the ripe age of like 18 or 19, you know what I'm saying? And like, finally it took me saying like, I need to get some freaking help. And like, that's kind of what like kicked off my honestly like obsession which is, it's a good obsession with like self-help and like therapy. And then that is like what actually led me into like, oh, I'm going to start dabbling in like, you know, tarot and meditation and um, look at like these different like alternative like modalities like for healing. Um, And I think, you know, one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And the universe said like, Hey, like your path isn't going to be easy, but like, it's going to get you here. And like, so I'm still very, very beginner, but it's like, I, I can feel myself gravitating to these things. Like my next, I did that, um, like my first ever astrological reading with Chelsea, which opened my mind so much, helped me learn so much about myself and like, see like where like in a past life I might've struggled, like where I struggle in this life. And so now my next endeavor is, and I don't even know if I say it correctly, Reiki. Yeah. Healing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, next on my, my bucket list, but I'm like, I'm just going to do all the freaking things because I feel like my soul craves it. Yeah. You know, most people on some sort of spiritual path got on it because they had to go through some darkness to, to have the awareness that there was something on the other side of that darkness. For sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my goal is to to be a beginner. I want to master my consciousness, but I want to be a beginner and like learn all the things and do all the things that I can do just to like, see like what's out there that's for me and what's not for me. Like, what can I incorporate into a daily practice? And like, what, I mean, cause it's not for everyone. Like there's certain like Kundalini, like might not be for everybody. Um, yeah, I know like some people prefer like a slow flow or like to, to just journal. Like I think you know, you really can't go wrong with spending any kind of solidarity, like with yourself, but there's just certain things out there like that people are going to rave about, like, I don't know, like the 5am club. Like some people just like, are like, I'm not getting up at 5am. Like, I don't really care. Like, I'm sure I'll still be a millionaire one day. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not like, that's, that's a dig at me. Like I'm not getting up at 5am, but, um, I hope to be a millionaire one day. But yeah, like, I feel like there's just like, it's also knowing like there's things for you and there will be things that you're like, eh, not doing that. Don't love it. Yeah. Yeah. And they might not be for you now and they may be for you in future. And something that is for you now might not be the same thing that's for you in future. I remember the first Kundalini class I went to, there was no explanation of what the mantras were when I sat down in the class and we like jumped into the opening mantra that Om Namo Guru Dev Namo. And I had no idea what was happening. All of a sudden, just everybody loudly was chanting the same thing at the same time. And I did not know why or what, or, or even how to begin to understand what was happening. And so then at the rest of the class, I felt like I was just we maybe even did sober Kriya. I don't even know. I just felt like I was like trying <laughs> yeah. to catch up with what was right. going Next on. Next thing you know, you're like, uh, okay, well, this sucks. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely walked away like, I'm not sure of what I was supposed to get. And I was so in my head the whole time because I didn't understand what was happening. Right. The second time I went to a class, I still was interested. It was like, I really want to get this. Then I was like, oh, this is like, okay, this is like a, this is about breath work. So now I need to like, just lean into like what's happening with the breath. So then I started connecting a little bit more because I was at least getting what was going on in the breath work. Third class I went to 
was a 30 day practice that I had signed up for. And that teacher opened the class with the Om Namo Guru Dev Namo, again, without telling us what we were doing and did it really fast. And so I didn't even know it was the same chant. I You're still like, oh was not God, aware. How many chants are there? Right. <laughs> and the like, chant dictionary. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I don't know. I still don't know what we're saying. But the rest of her class was she, there was so much just beautiful explanation, like enough explanation and then enough time for us to like settle into it that I re then I was like, oh, this is for me. Now yeah. I just need to go do a little more research or go to a class for beginners so I understand what we're saying. So at least I understand what I'm what I'm calling for or calling into or whatever it is that is happening there. So if and and now I'm a now I'm a te now I'm a Kundalini teacher. Now I have a right. Kundalini teaching certification. So So it was for you. It was for me. <laughs> now I you just, know. <laughs> exactly. Now I know it was for me. And it took me finding the right practice, the right practitioners, the right teachers, and trusting that even though I wasn't quite comfortable yet, that my truth was that I could feel that this was for me. I just needed to find my way into it. So I think that that happens often. And then sometimes things are for us. And then later on, we're like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to move on to something else. Yeah, which is how life should be. Like you evolve as a human. So like obviously totally. like your daily practices are going to evolve, which is also what I love so much about like some of the courses that you offer and like what, why Cult Laloon felt attainable to me because I was kind of overwhelmed. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can get back into this whole practice. I did so in quarantine. I mean, granted, we all probably were doing really great in sure. quarantine because we had nothing else to do, um, but sit in our homes and like, like spend time with ourselves. But I was like, every day, like I had like a two hour long, like situation practice morning routine. And then I like got out of that as soon as the world started opening back up and I moved cities and all of that. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I have time for this. And I feel like the most important thing when like starting a practice is that it's, you can like fit it in into like a short period of time until you like feel comfortable to like work your way up. And also that your practitioner is helpful. Like, and it, I, I think it depends on everyone. Like I'm someone, I want to know all the details. I want to know the nitty gritty details, which probably goes back to the whole like Virgo moon thing. <laughs> um, but that's like why when we were at the retreat and you, you know, you were like my first introduction into Kundalini, but you were telling us like the mantras and I'm like sitting there and I'm like taking, like, I even just wrote like the sad Nam daily practice, what that mm -hmm. means. Um, and that to me, I'm like, oh, this is good. Like I can like actually roll with this now because I know what they're saying. Because if not, I'm just going to be like, God, destroy. I don't know. Like during all these mantras, like. Um, and I feel like it, it makes it feel more approachable. It's not so yeah. scary. It's not yeah. so like foreign to like, just feeling like I don't belong here kind of thing. Yeah. Or like, is this for me? Yeah. So. I mean, there in the middle of Sobakriya, there is a mantra that you just said that is God, but it, the, well, it is God and not, but the, and the, the acronym is generate, organize, deliver, or destroy, or you can just be chanting to source, whatever, what, whatever right. God is for you. So whatever, however you like to interpret how that works. I like the generate, organize, deliver, destroy. It's very much a creative process sort of mantra for me. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just calling for source to guide me. Sometimes I like go, go that direction. But if you sat down in a class and all of a sudden everyone's chanting God, it could be like, You're what like, the hell is no. happening here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could be okay. like me and be like, I just learned my moon sign last week. I don't know right. about all this. <laughs> right. Like I learned my moon sign last week and now we're chanting God. And I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. But your shoulders would look damn good. That's for this sure. Is, this is true. This is true. It's a really good, it's, it's a, it's a, Sobakri is a good practice on arms day. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Every day yeah. is arms day for the next 40 days for, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's do our final five questions and we'll call this, we'll call this episode a wrap. Okay. So the first of the final five, tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. I would say my first crystal, um, it's black tourmaline. I mm, carry it with me such a good one. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, my sister got it for me on like my 22nd birthday and I've had it ever since. And then, and then that like started my whole crystal collection. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Black tourmaline is such a good stone. It's, it's a really good first stone too. It's got, there's all sorts of beautiful qualities to black tourmaline and what it does, but it's a purifier, cleanses the emotional body, also can have some amplification qualities too. It's just, there's, there's so much good stuff with black tourmaline. Love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell us about, since you've read all the self-help book, self, self-help books, say that five times fast. Since you've read <laughs> all the books, tell us about a book that has changed your life. Okay. Two books. The Alchemist, which I feel like is just a must. It's a classic. The Alchemist will like literally light a fire under your ass. Like yeah. it's so poetic. The writing is beautiful. It's a quick read and the story is amazing. But like it it really like if you're at a place where you're confused or you're feeling like you don't really have purpose, it renews your sense of purpose. Like you might not know what the purpose is. Like it's not like it tells you in the pages what your purpose is. But it tells you, you have a purpose, go find it. And I think that's like what I love so much about it. And then um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown is just, so she's great. But um, that book also like really just gave me permission to step into who I am um, a little bit more and like to, to like be myself fully, which I'm so appreciative of. Yeah, she's, you know, she's so good for that such a good book. Okay. Tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. This is a tough one. I would say hmm. and all of your 24 years, tell us about a I know, profound right? I'm moment. Like, gosh, we could be here for years. <laughs> so many um okay this is like when I so when I was a freshman this is kind of like deep moment but when I was a freshman I took a women's health class um or like a women's studies class and they talked about like just like sexual abuse and like different kinds of abuse that's like when I kind of had like my oh shit moment of like what had happened to me in my abusive relationship in high school And it was also like what prompted, it was like the catalyst for me getting the support I needed and also like using my voice to help others, Um, which like, I mean, and that happened when I was 18. So it's gotten me to like the point I am today. And I don't think I would have ever, ever, ever been able to grow as much or as quickly as I have without that moment. And like, it wasn't like a beautiful moment by any means. It was really messy, but it got me, I mean, literally that moment I attribute everything to all my self-awareness, all of like my hunger to continue to grow and get better every day is because I know that there's like people out there who need that too. Yeah. Usually the profound moments are not necessarily beautiful moments. They're those life-changing moments are exactly as you've described there there, those moments that you have this breakthrough awareness of something that has to shift or something that is shifting. Yeah. 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 Realizing your worth, I think like self-love, the journey, all of that. Completely. Okay. What is something that you do for your health and wellness? I move my body. That is like movement is going back, I'm a really buzzy, energetic person. My doctor literally told me like, I have like some anxiety sometimes. He's like, yeah, like you need to do something. Like you need to tire yourself out. You're like a toddler. Like you need to like get it all out. So I am like, I cannot go to sleep at night unless I like have moved, like whether that's a long walk or like a ride on my Peloton or like some kind of tough workout, I need to be exhausted. Um, but I also feel like that exhaustion then puts me in a better headspace. And like, I don't have like any racing thoughts and I can like get to yeah. meditation. Um, and are then of you, course, like, are you oh. a generator in human design? Manifesting generator. Yeah. You have that generator energy, which is, yeah, like you have chaotic. to, yeah, you got to wear it out. You gotta, you gotta like burn the motor out at the end of the day. Right. Exactly. If I yeah. like sit around and I'm like, uh, then I'm like, what are we doing? Let's do something. Yeah. It's like 1am. Then I become yeah. an insomniatic. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, last question. Tell me about a moment that you knew magic was real. I went to, I call it psychic school. That was not the actual name of it, but my sister was like, will you come to psychic school with me? And I was like, yes. And so we went and they like literally our first day, we're like sitting in the circle and it's like all these people I've never met before. And they're like, okay, Adair, go give a reading to this person. And I'm like, uh, first of all, what? Like, I literally just got here. Like, I don't even like what kind of reading, like, I don't, I don't know. And it like, really, it was one of those things that like put me out of my comfort zone. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to do like, even if like I fake it till I make it. And I was like, I stepped in and like just envisioned the person and like felt the energy. And I was like, I feel like there's a message coming for you. And it was like, I gave this message and it like the person literally was like, what? Like I like had just spoken to their life. And I was like that, like magic is real. Like the universe is real. We, we receive, we receive information, not randomly. Like it's all, I think, of course you have your ego, you have your mind, but when the universe has a message to give, the universe gives the message. Yeah. Um, and that to me is, is magic. Yeah. So true. And so often we're just not listening for it. We're just like, we, we go into these experiences with other folks that we think have these gifts and we're like, what are my guides saying? What are, what is, what is the message for me? And We've never asked ourselves, what are my guides saying right. to me? What is the universe? Ha- what message is here for me? There's a term and and uh, it's that I've learned in my in my Kundalini training. It's called um, Sunni, S U N N I A, Sunni, and it's it's a profound deep listening. And most of us don't practice that profound deep listening. So once we start to do so, all of a sudden it's like ding ding ding. Oh here comes the messages. Got it. Right. Like your gut feelings are real. Your dreams have a purpose. The chills that you get on your body when someone says something to you, like it's, you really start to pay attention. And, and then also it helps you not doubt yourself as much because, you know, people ignore the gut feelings and then you're like, dang it, those gut feelings were there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay. All right. So with that, we are complete. Look, you did it. Yay, I did it. I'm just sweating profusely. No big deal. (laughs) You totally did it. And now we're going to have to schedule this like every other month or so, so that we can check back in and see what's happened next. Or maybe we need like a whole thing on IG live or something in which it's like updates, updates from Adair's life. Like Adair goes to get a Reiki session. Adair goes to to a crystal shop. (laughs) I mean, this is what the woo woo BFF is supposed to do the woo woo BFF goes and does the things, then they can tell the BFF that it is not yet woo woo yet how all the things right. went, so they can get into the woo woo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talk to the corn. Don't be afraid of the corn. Make drop. There it is. There it is. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for joining me. So much fun. Thank you for having me. I'm yes. so excited um, for all to come. Excited to see you in Kuala Lumpur. Excited to obviously have a call with you and work on all the things, but (laughs) yeah, we have (laughs) a lot of stuff going on, lots of stuff coming up. So Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. With that, we are complete, my friend. I will talk to you again really soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. Okay. So there we go. That is it for today, my friends. I hope you've enjoyed this episode having very much a real woman finding her way into the spiritual realm, into the woo-woo, and just into life. I love Adair's approach. We really have to give ourselves grace and permission to not take ourselves too seriously when we enter into these practices. These practices are incredibly beautiful. They come from ancient traditions, from lineages well beyond what many of us even know, from cultures who have created practices that have been passed down and passed down and passed down. And there's so much benefit and beauty in allowing ourselves to explore 
And as we do so, it's really important that we don't feel stupid or unworthy or that it's not for us. I was asked in the early days of, and I say early days, I mean the show is like not even a year old, but I was asked in the first couple of weeks of putting this show out, launching the show about using the words woo-woo and why I felt okay about using those words because sometimes it can feel like the words woo-woo are implying that the practices aren't taken seriously. And for me, it's the exact opposite. I take these practices incredibly seriously. I take the practitioners incredibly seriously. And I think the thing that is really important to me is that we give ourselves the opportunity to not take ourselves so seriously that we freak ourselves out of being willing to explore and to try things and to have some humility in the whole process so that we can then take our spiritual practices to a brand new level. Thank you for being here. If the show resonated with you, leave us a note over on Instagram at yourwoowooBFF, or you can send me a note at weewegirl.com. Of course, leave us a review. We love seeing your reviews and sometimes share them here too. We have... The next session of Colt Laloon signups are open. If you want to be like a dare and give it a try for 29 days, you can sign up at weewegirl.com backslash Colt Laloon. And what else? The opulent shift Adair mentioned. We do still have a few spaces remaining in our October session. And you can find that over on weewegirl.com or seachangerscollective.com. I'll leave all of that in the show notes. With that, we are complete. Until next time, I will see you all again super soon. Much love.